We are duck hunting fanatics. Knee deep in the duck blind. If it flies, it dies. Only duck hunting fanatics know what it feels like to see a brightly colored Drake Mallard cup its wings and soar towards your decoys. It's what we do and it's what we love. Duck hunting fanatics with boots on the ground, eyes in the skies reports. And we get it from professional duck guides all across the country. We interview them for their top tips and tricks from their years of experience from the duck hunting blind. This is Duck Hunting Fanatics, and this is Eric Wilkes. Daniel, we get a lot of, of new duck hunters that tend to follow duck hunting fanatics. What's your number one tip for people who are just kind of getting started or just been exposed to duck hunting, maybe for the first time, maybe they've been doing it for a year or two, uh, but they've, they're, they're hooked. Okay. Um, well, as a, uh, a newer duck hunter myself, just being in it for a few years and what I've learned, I would say the number one tip, if I had to put it a, break it down into anything is just be patient and don't look at the birds when they're flying in and flying around you you want you have a habit to just want to stare at them and see what they're doing don't move let them do their thing just and and stay positive too because you know it can be discouraging when you got you know 20 ducks coming in they look like they're going to cup up and then they and then they veer off somewhere else you know just stay patient stay calm don't move don't look and just relax just relax. My number one tip. Just relax. Just relax. I, I, I like that approach, man. Greetings, my friends. This is Eric Wilkes here with Duck Hunting Fanatics. And I have on the line with me here, Daniel Mansine of Mansine Outdoors. And Daniel, you've been a youth mentor for quite a while now. And I know, you know, your, your whole thought process and, and, and it is, creating a, a fun understanding outlook on hunting and wildlife con conservation. And more importantly, I think in there, you also mentioned, you know, public land conservation. And that said, let me take a step back. I want to thank you for your time and thank you for joining us today. You know, what, My pleasure. what are you seeing as a new hunter? I know you're, you know, what are you seeing that you've learned just as a beginner up to this point? Well, what I've learned, um, and, and I have a lot of, a lot of guys that I work with, you know, uh, that, that are also enjoying the sport with me. And I got a few friends over in, uh, 
in different areas around the Pacific Northwest, and we communicate quite often, and we're all kind of seeing the same thing, is that it's not too much of a strong migration right now um, just based off of, you know, how cold it's been and the lack of wind and, and extreme weather, you know. And we notice it doesn't matter if it's gray outside or rain or crappy weather or sunny. If the wind's not blowing, you're not seeing any ducks, you know, and that's and that's one thing I've come kind of come to terms with. If it's not a windy day, just sit back, enjoy, or go scouting. But, you know, it hasn't been too cold up north yet, and there's still a lot of food available for them. But, you know, the last week it's been got, it's gotten a lot colder up there, and we've been starting to see a lot more birds, a lot more, you know, two, three, four-man limits are happening, you know, within hours of opening light. So it's starting to pick up for us, but, um, you know, it's only going to get better as the weather gets colder up north. But, you know, wind, wind is your friend. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Daniel, I want to circle back here because as a youth mentor, I I kind of, I'm purely curious what got you into being a youth mentor and more specifically, you know, it sounds like, you know, you're a youth mentor uh, introducing youth into the outdoors. Am I correct on that? Yes, sir. So what got you into that? Well, so I, I have I have children myself, and um, you know, and, and it all goes back to when I was a child. Just you know, my dad introduced me to it, and the enjoyment and the excitement. Not so much for um, you know the harvest, but it's it's different. It's exhilarating just just being in the moment, being outside, and being able to disconnect. And there's a lot of value that being outside and being out of your element. Um, can bring to a human. And um, what I notice is that uh, the youth need a lot of guidance. You know, I I was in the military for about 10 years. In the last few years, I, I got into recruiting, and I just got to deal with a lot of youth that didn't have guidance. They didn't have structure, and they didn't have foundation, and they didn't have respect. And that goes, that starts as a kid. And I think if we can introduce the children to something that's more important than a tablet or a phone, you know, why it's important to have uh, clean water, why it's important to preserve our public lands and trees and vegetation, why it's important to have animals, and why it's important to have, you know, a balance between predators and prey, you know, how that all works out. And it's going to work it to an advantage for them because in the future, they're going to have leadership skills too that they learned at a young age that can help them pass on the tradition. So, Absolutely. In that- a nutshell. Daniel, that's no, no, that's that's awesome. I mean, that's that's absolutely perfect, my friend. Spoken like a a true veteran of the industry, and you know, secondly, you know, thank you for your service. We we certainly do appreciate oh, it. Thank you. I know all of us over here at Duck Hunting Fanatics. We try to thank any veteran anytime we get the opportunity. So we we certainly do appreciate your service, and thank you for that. And thank you for that. Absolutely. And secondly, thank you for what you're doing for our youth. I know, you know, that's that's a time commitment. And a lot of that is volunteer. And, you know, it takes a it takes a a driven person to be able to devote that kind of time. And, And we certainly do value and appreciate everything you're doing from a youth perspective, too. There's nothing like getting youth involved in the outdoors. And it takes time. Number one, it takes patience. There's a whole lot of other things that go into it. And making programs like that happen, so we, we we appreciate that as well, and look forward to hearing more about it over the over the coming weeks. Uh, but let me get back to the focus at hand because the whole point of this 
uh, migration report, if you will, is just boots on the ground, eye in the sky. And, and I want to thank you for taking time to, to, you know, just give us some insight into what's going on in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, that said, I know you're, you're fairly new to duck hunting. Uh, we're, we're pretty yeah. transparent, pretty open about that with our community, you know, but for you, what's your bucket list dream duck hunt? What area, what time of year, and why? You know, honestly, I haven't really been able to put too much thought into a bucket list dream hunt because any time I get out, just to be out and be, you know, essentially on the water, right, it, it is a dream to me because, you know, we could be living somewhere else at a different time, and we don't have the freedoms to do that. But if I had to put one place is the Mississippi Flyway, there's millions of birds that come down there later in the season when it gets colder, January, February, and man, they have a blast down there and they get to see a lot of different stuff and a lot of things that we don't get to see in our flyway over here. Um, so if, if I had to put a, a place on it, I'd love to hunt the Mississippi flyway. <laughs> my friend, you're going to have to come visit me then. <laughs> All right. I'm on my way. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over in Wisconsin and yeah, I mean, you, you, you really hit the nail on the head that, that, uh, late December, early January is when they start to show up. And then yeah, mid January when it starts to get really cold, uh, it's really yeah. just, it's just, it's just flat out amazing. I live about an hour, hour and 15 minutes from that flyway and it's, it's, it's absolutely a blast. There's just tons of ducks. All right. Well, see you Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. And for, for us, you know, it's great because a lot of guys over here in Wisconsin, you know, they hunt, you know, obviously most of us as hunters, we don't hunt just, just one species or another. We hunt typically oh, yeah. what, whatever's in season and, so it works out really mm-hmm. great because the deer seasons over here, that's the big thing in Wisconsin. Uh, they all tend to end, you know, at the end of, of December, 1st of January. And then you can get pretty serious about duck hunting. And a lot of times in late January, I mean, you're hunting ducks on ice and that's okay, right? <laughs> right? Because yeah, that's, that's okay. And so uh at that point, it gets real fun because we have a lot of spring fed ponds and so on and so forth out here mm. you know, where to look. And, and you've got open water and guess where the ducks go when the ice and the rivers freeze over. You know, they're going they're looking for that open water if it's available. So it gets real interesting toward the end of uh end of January here. So, you know, that that said, uh, it, and, and I'm going to I'm going to ask you a fill in the blank question. And it's not really a question, it's more of a statement. And it it goes like this. I never leave for the blind without my blank. What's the first thing that comes to mind? My headlamp, because I've done it. I have a hard time finding where I'm going, man. Tripping, falling, cussing up a storm, decoys everywhere, all because I forgot my headlamp. So headlamp. Headlamp, headlamp, headlamp. That sounds like a rough morning. Uh, it was probably my third time hunting, duck hunting. Didn't have my headlamp, heading out to this blind that I'd never really been to before. I trekked it once, and I hit every tree root, every brush, every branch on the way in there, man. I made it. I made it. 
<laughs> I made it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say what happened after that. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be between you and I in a later conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got, that was a good day. No, I tell you what, though, I, you know, I'm pretty sure if I forgot my headlamp, uh, I, I'd turn around and I, I'd probably be the guy that, that, that went home and said, okay, right. Cause I just can't imagine, uh, even with, you know, even with technology today, most of us have lights on our cell phones and so on and so forth. But, you know, trying to set up a duck blind and get your decoys out and do mm-hmm. all that and, and have to hold, uh, a flashlight just doesn't even sound remotely interesting. I just oh, wonder how, I wonder how to do all that in the dark. Right. It makes you wonder like 30 or 40 years ago, like headlamps weren't really popular and they weren't really even around then. So it's like, what did those, what did grandpa do back in the day? <laughs> right. So, grandpa just rolled up his jeans and said, tough it out, young buck. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, they just go out and do it in the dark, you know? So it's, it, it just, uh, you know, and that, and that's the cool part is the evolution of technology, you know, and LEDs and, and headlamps. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just the convenience that, that some of these things, you know, afford us now. You, you know, I don't even want to know. I can't imagine looking back and trying to do all of that in the dark nowadays. No. I mean, I remember the walkie-talkies we used to use on my first hunting trip were the size of my backpack that I have now. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, technology is advanced, so. Yeah, I don't know where I'd be without a headlamp now. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I have five headlamps now. I've got two reserves in my truck, one in each hunting pack, and then one in my uh, underneath my seat in my in my tool bag. So <laughs> now I know I'll always have a headlamp. You sound no like what. me. I, you sound like me. I stash them every place that I can, so that way if I forget them, I know I got backups, and then I got backups of the exactly. backup just in case. <laughs> yeah, Costco had a killer sale on some. Duracell 500 lumen three pack for far for 15 bucks. So um, I picked up a couple of those. Yeah, they eat batteries, but you only need it for like an hour or two. Yeah, so, I mean it don't matter. Exactly. A whole bunch now. I'm ready. Yeah, <laughs> especially when it's a reserve, right? I mean, it's like okay, I can, oh, yeah. I can make it work for an hour on a on a reserve. We're we're good to go, man. Just keep it rolling. Oh yeah, that's right. You should have saw you should have saw that spread that I threw out there in the dark, man. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got birds too close some are too far yeah i can i can only imagine what that's like setting that up in the dark that's great yeah i felt like john elway throwing a couple of those deeps out there just send it yeah oh well that one's gone <laughs> so, it happens yep, man. hey you know what uh if nothing else at least there's somebody listening to this here Who's going to learn from that? And, you know, hopefully if nothing else. So probably thinking right now, I need to put my headlamp in my pack right now. Exactly. Exactly. And I need to go buy a couple of reserves and just keep them in the truck so they don't go anywhere else. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. You know, you know I've, I've got a daughter that she'll run off with my headlamps. Next thing you know, I'm like, what is that flashing light upstairs? And she's on, off, on, off. With my duck calls, you know, it's, that's fun. All right, there's a headlamp. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That that's awesome. Well, yeah. So let me ask. I mean, and I know you're kind of just your season's just kind of getting rolling, like everywhere else in the country. But if there's anything that you could change between, uh, you know, about your current season your limit regulations in your area, what would it be and why? 
you know, there, there's a couple of things I would like to change uh, just off of convenience factor alone is, you know, I use a lot of jerk rigs, and I feel like I'm a puppeteer and not blind. Pulling this jerk rig, pull that jerk rig, get those spinny wings going on my lucky duck, you know. And, you know, sometimes I feel like if, I, if I'm attracting ducks, but I might just be moving too much. So, you know, I, in my state, we're not allowed to use electronic decoys. So, I mean, I, I would I would like to change that, you know, just, just for convenience factor where I could focus more on, you know, if birds do come in, I'm not having to scramble to drop all of these all my puppeteer stuff and, and really focus on taking a good uh, ethical shot on these ducks and making sure I'm not wounding them, but I'm just dropping them. But uh, that also, we have a, we have a bag limit of one pintail and um, I enjoy pintail. That is my favorite tasting bird. Um, you, I can do so many different things with it and you get one at eight. I would at least bump that up to two, man, because that's a tasty bird and, and they're beautiful, you know, and, um, that, 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 would, that would be the things that I would like to change about my season or any bag limit that I have just alone for one convenience and being able to really focus on a shot and then um, more of my tasty birds that I like. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. No, that, that, thank you. Thank you again for sharing, you know, and I think all of us, you know, the, the kind of what I've gathered so far, the number one answer has been, uh, if I could, if I could just extend this season a little bit longer, <laughs> I think uh, I, you know what, I would second that. <laughs> yeah, if I could go a little bit further into February, man, I tell you what, but they probably do that for a reason because then, oh, there's all the birds, and guess what, all the birds are gone. So, well, right, yeah, because they're right, in my freezer. We, we would all, as hunters, we would love for that to happen, right? But it's just, you know what? It, it, it's the seasons are the seasons for a reason, and we have to preserve our wildlife, and we have to make sure that there are birds to shoot next year, right? And so, exactly, we, we we're understanding of it. You know, some of us may not like it, but uh, and we may not agree with it, but we have to go with it, and we have to trust that you know the people that are setting those season dates. Uh, at the state level are doing so for a reason. And so, you know, it, it makes sense to me. Um, and you know what? They're saving all the pintails for themselves and I don't like it. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, but, but, the, but, but the end result is, you know, when the season's over, guess what? Immediately, immediately when the season's over, we get to wake up the next day and, and guess what? We got something to look forward to, right? Mm. It's the start. Time. Exactly. The start, the start of next season. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the next season. I'm all, yeah. Duck season's over. I'm gearing up, getting ready for turkey season and spring yeah. there. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, Daniel, so it, what's the biggest change that you make from a hunting perspective at the start of your season and at the, to the end of your season? Okay. Um, so far this year, I've learned that birds can get used to what they see in the water a lot smarter than people really, you know, project them as, you know, the, you, you know, God, I saw that decoy set up last week next to that same brush right there that looks like I keep getting shot right there. And, you know, I think changing up your decoy strategy and, and your different types of setups and, and what you use really matters um and especially when you're playing the wind you know if you got your runway you know you got your landing zone completely off of the uh, off of the way the wind's blowing or you got too many decoys or not enough decoys um 
you know, I've had, I've had 10 birds land on two decoys and I've had one bird land on, you know, 40 decoys. And it, it really, it's, it all depends on what the birds are doing. And I've had to adjust the strategy. You know, I started off the season with, with a lot of decoys in the water. And as it's progressed, it's been less and less and less and less motion in the water um, because they become weary. So as the season progresses, I'm sure I'm going to end up with, you know, quite a few less than, and that seems to be working for me. The less decoys I put out as the season progressive, the more birds I have interested in my spread. So that's just my, my personal outlook on that. Yeah, no, and that's that's actually a, a great point. We just uh, we just did here at Duck Hunting Fanatics a whole series, a whole blog series around hunting with a, a small spread, and especially as the the season progresses, like you you just hit the nail on the head, right? They get wary, they've been shot at, you know, five hundred times on their way on their way south, and so on and so forth. And so a lot of times, you know, we always say less is more because it's just mm-hmm honestly giving them a different look they're just something they're not used to seeing and 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 if you can make them look a small spread look safe and a small spread look content and you don't have to do a lot of calling just just do a just do a a little bit of of calling so that they sound content and uh they're happy guess what it's really pretty amazing what happens and the results kind of speak for themselves and you know for for those of you that are new it it, it might surprise you uh in all honesty what might happen with a a smaller spread and so you know a lot of guys are are tuned to this putting out you know multiple massive spreads and a lot of times you don't really necessarily need that and so you know it's that's a great great point and and it just shows the progression, especially as you get later into the season. You don't need near as many decoys, and so that's that's a great point uh, to bring up. So, uh, thank you for that. No problem. All right. Well, this can kind of concludes our, our our episode here for tonight. We thank everybody so much for for listening in here to Duck Hunting Fanatics. Again, I have Daniel Mancine with Mancine Outdoors. Uh, Daniel, is, is, is there a way that people could get in touch with you that you would want to, want to share? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I have an Instagram. It's just Mancine Outdoors. It's spelled M-A-N-C-I-N-E Outdoors, one word. Um, you can reach out to me there. If you or somebody you know is thinking about getting into the hunting lifestyle, because that's what it is. It's a lifestyle. It's not a sport. Um, you know, if you're interested in learning how to conserve or you're interested in bushcraft, or firearm safety, anything like that, um, feel free to reach out to me. Um, my, uh, my email is mancine, so M-A-N-C-I-N-E dot Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L at gmail.com. Reach out to me anytime. Um, so I'm not, I'm not a guide, but if you want to spend some time with me out in the woods and really learn some things and we can learn from each other, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm happy to oblige. There you have it right there. Daniel Mancine with Mancine Outdoors. And you've got all of his contact information, his Instagram account. Shoot him an email uh, again. And and I, I had the fortunate opportunity to to spend a little bit of time with Daniel before this, right? He he he's a veteran from the Navy, uh, so he he talks the talk, he walks the walk, he knows what's going on. Uh, and you heard him mention firearm safety, and, and as you know, you know there's 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 no one that's going to be better qualified than someone who's been through the United States military. Uh, and, and, and in the Navy branch of service that's been trained on firearm safety. So take it, take it for what it is. Get in touch with Daniel. 
we appreciate him. Daniel, thank you again so much for your time, brother. We, we definitely appreciate it. We look forward to having you on future episodes every week. Uh, and, and again, thank you for your service and thank you for what you're doing for the youth. My pleasure. Well, thank you for having me this evening. It's been fun talking to you. I really appreciate it. And I'll, uh, I'll talk to you real soon. Sounds great. Everybody have a great evening. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you all soon. You've been listening to Duck Hunting Fanatics. Boots on the ground, eyes in the sky migration report. On each show, we go knee deep in the duck blind and we talk to professional duck guides from all over the country. We interview them and get their top tips and tricks from their years of experience. We talk about everything duck hunting, applications for hunting over small spreads, hunting with decoys, the top five UTV accessories, shotgun accessories, duck decoys, anything and everything gear and apparel. To contact us when we're not doing a show, go to the website at duckhuntingfanatics.com. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at Duck Hunting Fanatics. We'll see you next time.